This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is John Troop, and I am the Deputy Managing Editor at Lookout Landing. Uh, and today I am joined by a couple folks uh, who, if you are paying attention on the internet uh, and enjoy baseball, enjoy the fun, uh, you'll you'll have a pretty good sense. Uh, as, as usual, I have Matthew Robertson. Matthew, staff writer, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, John. I was asleep until like 10 minutes ago. And then I put on some two chains to get excited, and now I'm ready. <laughs> have you heard this new two chains album? Uh, I have not heard the new two chains album. Okay, how, how new are we talking with like, this two chains? Album? Like this week, it's called "Rap or Go to the League," implying that like those were two chains' as two options for making money. Like he would either be a rapper, or go to the NBA, and I was just thinking about that, like in the context of us, like John, a former D three pitcher, it was like blog or go to the league yeah and then like me a guy who spent a lot of my teenage years just like drinking four loco it's probably like blog or go to prison so <laughs> we're like not in the same world as two chains at all also the album is executive produced by lebron james up and coming music producer sure so, why not he's, it's he's a wild ride there's a part where whatsoever there's a part where two chains complains about um having to pay a lot of taxes because he's so rich now <laughs> It's great. He like complains, then he's like, "Yeah, but I still paid him <laughs> to make sure he's still law abiding." Avoiding the yeah, avoiding the Wesley Snipes scenario. Who are, right. I, that is still like the most famous tax evasion person, but I assume there have to have been some it, more. They go you know, wild, and like uh, European soccer players hate paying taxes as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, I'm I'm curious to hear what our what our other guest, uh, or our guest today, uh, Jordan Schusterman, Jordan of s- half of Cespedes BBQ. Jordan, what would your uh, your two breakdowns be, uh, and and what league would you be making here? <laughs> well, this is a great question, and first of all, Matthew, I two chains is I have not listened to the new album yet, although I will be on my flight home tomorrow for sure, uh, mostly thanks to this wonderful introduction. Luckily for me. Um, I blogged and went to the league. <laughs> That's I, true. That's a great I point. Blog for Major League Baseball, so <laughs> I somehow managed to finagle my way into both. Um, but in terms of, I, 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 but I think two chains. I mean, that's a serious dilemma, and I'm glad that he kind of found his path. And that he's asking he's the hard questions. Yeah, and if you can, you know. And being executive produced by LeBron, I mean, who knows what that entails, but it seems like it's a more of a positive than a negative, I would say. Feels like the non-executive producers maybe did a lot of work on this mm, one. Mm, yeah. It it feels yeah. like if you're an actual music producer, you'd be kind of pissed, right? Like why <laughs> like you got a non-music guy to help you with your album when like lots of people who are probably able to do it were just sitting around well, to be clear, this is this is just like in, in, in sports, you know, baseball especially, you have a lot of special advisors, special assistants mm-hmm. who are very famous and everybody knows who they are and they get That's to like, be like, oh, he's, you know, so we just yeah. got Jorge Posada, special advisor yeah. now. Uh, to Ichiro Peter, Suzuki, executive Ichiro, produced I mean, of the course. 2018 Mariners. There you go. There you go. And of course, there are many, many other smart people behind the scenes that are maybe doing a little bit more work on that project. But ultimately, <laughs> it is Ichiro's to claim. uh and and yeah somehow back in the booth now looking looking oof real (laughs) looking like maybe executive producing was a better fit for him perhaps as much as i want to see all of the ichiro Mm, yeah um so we're we're gonna get into spring training a little bit because for for as much as we've been podcast and we haven't talked actually too much about spring training uh but first the news of the day is, of course, that the Mariners commercials dropped, and Matthew had a write-up for us on, on Lookout Landing, uh, which you should go and read and pause this and then come back, but uh, we, we sort of determined, I, th- I think we're, I, I want to know if we're all in agreement about the best 
of the or of, of the commercials and and sort of where we stand on the four because there was definitely a there was definitely some tiers in in definitely some levels of quality in in the commercials today. Mm. Uh, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. So it sounds like you're you're you feel like there's a pretty pretty obvious just kind of uh, ranking that that you see kind of stands out. Matthew, Certainly, there's agree? a front runner. Matthew, I would definitely. There's a front runner. Oh yeah, absolutely. I also feel like you can tell how much effort went into each one. Like some of them mm-hmm. felt a little lazy to me, and other mm-hmm. ones had more creativity for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then, then John, I guess I'll let you present what you believe is the correct uh, order, and then we'll see how easily we agree with you. I think Certainly. we probably will, but... Uh, we should also point out we're recording this on Wednesday, the day that the commercials came out. Yeah, yes. emotions are running high. Maybe with the, with the benefit true. of hindsight, we'll have a more level-headed appraisal. <laughs> um, I think by a pretty dramatic margin, the uh, Crafty Lefties was the best one uh, is the one that elicited like an actual out loud guffaw from me sitting at home watching it um, and also had I think the best screenshot of Wade LeBlanc looking completely trashed as he points at uh, as he points at Yusei Kikuchi uh, who has ostensibly crafted a working model of Safeco Field uh, just across the board I mean just like Every line is delivered perfectly. Uh, Kikuchi is just very crafty, uh, and and Felix is. I, I it had like a moment where I had like sort of some bad feelings in my heart of Felix walking in and feeling left out, uh, but they turned quick. They pivoted quickly to just say, you know, it was lefties that they played on played on the edge a little bit there with with Felix being on the fringes, but. I think they pulled that one off. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the clear winner, too. I was worried because I watched them um, like in the order that they were presented on the team website, and that was mm-hmm. the lefties one was like the last of the four. And I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, we haven't seen Felix yet, who's like, you know, the biggest star the team has had this decade, probably. And then to see him come in and like a bit role was just, and like be a good sport about it was really funny. Like, it seemed like if you watched the outtakes, too, Felix was like having a good time and like, Totally okay not being front and center while, like, the young, or I guess with Wade, like, the whatever he is, pitcher, gets more of the shine this <laughs> time around. He's the Wade LeBlanc pitcher. Yeah, he's just his own, he's singular presence on the team for sure. He occupies his own space that no one else can even match. Yeah. I but, yeah, that's the winner. I, I agree. I agree. I also think that this really completes one of the all-time uh, late career breakouts on and off the field. For Wade LeBlanc, I mean, this is just this is a dude who's who's you know he's been at a hundred teams and now he ends up on the Mariners. What has happened to him on the field is miraculous, and now he's like this hilarious, outgoing dude. Lovable goof. Yeah. Maybe he's been all along and we just didn't know because he was never good enough. Like that's very possible, but it seems like he's now found his like perfect clubhouse to be himself in. And uh, it's hilarious. The other I mean, thing, the other thing that makes this this one the best is just like there's so many moving parts that are so wonderful. I think mm-hmm. the sad batter is outstanding <laughs> <laughs> and very overlooked. I think obviously the Safeco slash got to start transitioning guys. T-Mobile Park. Although I guess depends on when this commercial was shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Um, but. But uh, but I, I love that. I love you know. I love Marco. I love the you know the picture of Jamie Moyer on the wall. I think Felix. I think Felix was great. Um, there's just so many. And and just when when Kikuchi clicks the button for the roof, I'm just I was <laughs> like, this is this is top notch. Um, real quick on that. Do you have you found a like pleasant shorthand for T-Mobile Park yet? Because mm. I'm really struggling. Like, T-Mo sucks. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you play video games online, that's mm-hmm. also bad. Like, there's just, like, a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, the MOBE is bad. Like, I, mm. I don't know what wow. the T. Like, there's just... I've not been able to come up with a good shorthand <sighs> for it. So I mean, Safeco didn't need one. But, like, you can't just call it T-Mobile. Because, like, that... I mean, I guess maybe you 
we will eventually. Yeah, but... there there are definitely parks like that that are extremely brand names that we do just call them that and we don't even think about it. I, you know, it's it takes a long time to get used to. I mean, I haven't thought about it in shorthand terms at all yet. Um, I maintain that as far as new stadium names go, I think we actually ended up in a pretty good spot. <laughs> it's true. It could be much worse. Eh? Like guaranteed name... rate is yeah, pretty not, brutal. I'm not here to name names, but uh, <laughs> we're here saying. to name names, and you can you can yeah. be non-committal, professionally non-committal. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that on all things considered, I feel pretty good about where they landed. But um, <laughs> but no, it is a little tough. Whatever, it's going to take time to adjust. We can't we can't just immediately accept it as what it is. I've seen some people just like from a local standpoint, because uh, obviously the stadium is right there next to CenturyLink Field, which people sometimes call the Clink. And T-Mobile uh, has like a lot of pink branding, so I've seen like the Clink and the Pink, which is kind of funny. I don't know if I can see myself being like, "Yeah, I'm going down to the Pink to watch the Mariners." <laughs> I but, like, don't think so. Presented <laughs> together, so. <laughs> together, it's not that bad. But like. On its own, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to call it. The that would take a long time to really establish as as normal. <laughs> yeah, some dangerous waters. I'm going to uh, call it Safeco for like the next three years at least yeah. until I'm yeah. ready. Yeah, I don't know. Like TMP, it's not the. I don't know. It's hard. You want to have the park in there? Definitely not Mobe. That's not happening. <laughs> um, so whatever, we'll, we'll give it time. Again, it's. It'll, it's gonna take it some adjustment. We'll call it Safeco. We'll call it T-Mobile. Whatever. Like it's. That's fair. It's fine. Um, so that th- I would say the second best commercial for me. And I think this. Was, I mean, I I know I believe unless Matthew has changed his feelings on this, I would say l- this lines up again. Uh, but the Malik Smith commercial, the Malik Smith Kyle Seeger, uh, speed, uh, speedy Kyle or speedy Malik slow Kyle. Uh, that one was fantastic purely on the strength of the charisma or the types of charisma, I guess, of Malik Smith and Kyle Seeger. Uh, I, I think I remarked this to, to you, Jordan, but Kyle Seeger seemingly growing into his sort of Peyton Manning uh, mode of just very demurely delivering commercials well. Yes. Yes, I agree, and I think he, you know, he. I don't know how many lines he says, but it's, <laughs> it's. Um, I mean, he he nails it, and he's obviously been been one of the stars in in recent commercials, uh, for the Mariners. But I I just think, and and it's great because Kyle, he's literally the last. We obviously talked about Felix. They're the only two guys left mm-hmm. <laughs> from the forty man that Depoto inherited. The only mm-hmm. two. They're the only ones left, and so it's just like he's been through it all. And now here he is still being the same lovable, weird, awkward Kyle Seeger. And Malix is amazing. I mean, I've got, been fortunate enough to interview him a few times. He is just incredible. I was so excited when they traded for him the second time. And, <laughs> uh, and I just, he's, they can't be overstated how wonderful he is. So I don't need to explain that. <laughs> Yeah, that one was such a nice surprise because, like, on paper, you're like, oh, I want, like, if someone were to present that to you, it's like, oh, we have a Malik Smith, Kyle Seeger commercial. Like, right. I would have had some questions, but they did it <laughs> so perfectly. And, like, Kyle Seeger, you can tell, is, like, getting good at this. Like, he knows how to act. He definitely has this, like, sly sense of humor. I think when he went with um, Corey's brother on his Players Weekend jersey, that's when I knew that he was, like, legitimately kind of funny and, like, not just baseball funny. So I think yeah. the Peyton Manning comp is pretty spot on. I mean, he's never going to, like, host SNL, but if he wants to do local commercials, like, I'm all for that. Give me more Kyle Seeger on TV. I, I, do you – because I don't think he would – I think that would be have to be what it is because I don't think Kyle could necessarily handle the, like, show host well, thing. Well, he's like, also, like, not he, – he's got the – He's not famous. Like he's not like <laughs> well, people yeah. don't know who he is whoa, in like Arizona, whoa. you know, hold or like on, hold on. I mean, I look, I'm <laughs> counting on a pretty big bounce back this year. I think we can see him get back to SNL host levels. Uh, <laughs> if 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 you know, if they out, if they ban the shift, we might be able to That's true. We might be able to get his, his batting average. We're going to we're going to see that WRC plus. That's climb. a great point. Is it just Jeter who's ever hosted for baseball players? Uh, I think it has to be. I don't know who else would have done it. 
I mean, A Rod seems like he would have, but I don't think he he ever has. I mean, I'm sure he wants to because he. Wants I, yeah, to I feel like during I, his playing career, that would have been a bad move for SNL because people kind of hated him. But now you know, A Rod could definitely host A-Rod's SNL. A Rod's a great a great pick. I mean, he's such a weirdo, but I think he could do it, and I think he probably will do it. He would be. He would like take so much time memorizing his oh like God. all of his jokes. Like he, yeah. he would be like exasperating for the rest of the cast. I feel like almost. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would agree, but, but okay, so fine. So Kyle Seeger, he's not going to be on SNL. Okay. All right. Great. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But, but Lauren Michaels, if you're listening, give Kyle Seeger a call. (laughs) Yeah. Prove us wrong. Let's give the guy some credit though. Yeah, I agree. I think he's really settled into this, this funny role. And sometimes it comes across in, in like post game interviews and whatnot. And I agree with the Corey's brother thing. I think that was great. But like he, uh, like he, he'll never admit that he's like trying to be funny because like even with the Corey's brother thing when people ask him about it he's just like oh yeah like eh, whatever like I thought it was that would be clever it's like no dude like that's really funny but like he's never gonna be like oh yeah like this is good so I don't know it's kind of a mix with him but I I very much enjoy enjoy watching him in these yeah I think I wrote in the the deck on the article today that he's the greatest thespian of our time and that's gonna be in in print forever so I have to stand by it I think that's. I think that is a statement that will age extremely well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, there's no. There's no way it won't. You know. <laughs> um, so I, th- I think those two. Those two commercials were sort of definitively good. Uh, and then the next one. I. Mm, the next one was pretty <laughs> weird. In a lot of ways. And it was the Mitch Haniger one with a fan looming over him. And you get a lot of time with Mitch Haniger looking up between a fan's legs. And it's really just like, I'm not going to say it's uncharted territory for Mariners ads because Mariners ads have had Dan Wilson with a bunch of photos of people's butts. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, the moose watching porn on a hotel or on a motel tv while jamie moyer tries to sleep so it's not like there was nothing overtly like out of line it just was a very uncomfortable angle and kind of a weird vibe uh what what did you guys think about the mitch and the fan one yeah i agree i agree i I mean it was just regardless of like right it was just a weird angle whatever connotations you want but it was just we was strange and like it was a pretty big ask of Haniger, who, while definitely like the greatest baseball player I've ever seen, mm-hmm. he of is not the guy. He's he's not the, the bursty personality. I wouldn't call him as especially like like stoic. Like he can he can be mm. interesting and he can be passionate about what he's talking about. But like, then they would not put him in the acting category. This is obviously uncharted territory for him being in these commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It felt like a pretty big ask from an acting perspective, and to have like this other really main character have a lot of lines. I I can't think of many that many other Mariners commercials where there's like a non-Mariners player talking this much. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Like or not, I like, like not even a Mariners like personality, not like, a coach like or, or like, like a, right, like Lou or like who they had some like pitching coach. Oh well, I had Eric. Well, Eric Wedge was was Larry Bernandez. So he oh God, <laughs> that's. <laughs> so, so. Oh man. So, but uh, that's the thing, though, is like, is like that's what that's what felt weird about it is that we were looking at this random person uh, that we don't care about, right? So, yeah, I have a lot yeah. of questions about that guy. Like, who is he? First of all, like, where did they? Was there an audition? Like, was it someone like internally being like? You know, I can call my friend Brad. He's kind of a psycho. He'd be perfect for this. <laughs> and then they were like, all right, great. And then, like, they broke for lunch, and that was it? Also, or was it, also, like, uh, go ahead. Also, they, they're like, all right, we need someone to look crazy, specifically upside down. <laughs> yeah, was there, like, a head scout who was like, oh, you're, you are good, but your head's going to look weird upside down, so we can't do you. And they called in the yeah. next person. So. And they're like, oh, you're perfect. <laughs> uh so I kept thinking, yeah. was like it's like gro- this is a gross scene. Like he's on the ground. There's just peanuts everywhere, <laughs> and like I kept thinking, like this dude's eating peanuts and is like gonna be. Dr- at some point, we're gonna see peanuts just dropping onto like 
Mitch Gandiger's face and like this is nasty. <laughs> like, yeah. But I feel like that would have been funnier, like if they had really run with it and just like in some of the outtakes, Mitch is like eating the peanuts, which was kind of funny. Like yeah, I feel like this could funny. have been better, but mm-hmm. the dude, the Brad guy, just really turned me off of this commercial. I didn't like it at all, if I'm being perfectly honest. And like, how did they pitch the idea to the actor? Like, hey, we need you to like be like objectively weird and creepy around like a pretty you know like a superstar baseball player and like is that guy a mariners fan did he like know mitch previously i have so many questions about that one so who could we put in this commercial that would turn it around for you like Mm. if it was a player would it like just standing over him like pretending like what what do we need to workshop here send this one back to the lab Uh, how how do we fix that one? yeah that's a tough question i mean if they're sticking with this exact same premise of like mitch falling into the stands it could have been kind of funny to have d as the guy upside down because in the real clip like d gordon is the first one over there to like check on him and try to like mm-hmm. tell him to throw the ball back into the infield mm-hmm. so that could have been kind of funny but i think honestly my main thing i didn't like about it was just like the the like weirdness of the upside down camera angle like i feel like anyone would have yeah. looked kind of weird in that one and they've played around with weird camera angles before like the one where uh is it felix who's like painting the corner and they like have like the weird yeah. zoom it's kind of at an angle yeah but yeah i think it was really like they could have been like morgan freeman in that role and i still would have been like <laughs> oh this is weird that might have been even weirder like that would imply that mitch is like dead and he's talking to god or something yeah right well okay so I don't really have a fix for it. By the way, if Morgan Freeman was in a Mariners commercial, I think we should really be questioning how ownership is spending their money. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but but I think, like, I don't really know what the fix is. Like, I do like the basic premise of Guy falls into stands and, like, work from there. But I don't know what to do from that, right? So like, what if he, like... We're, we sort of don't go full, he's dead, but we go, like, knocked himself <laughs> knocked out for himself a sec, out. like, dream sequence, yeah, and then it could be, like, D thinking. coming in, like, having a chat with him, and then, like, snapping him back into, like, yeah. by the way, you should throw that ball in, and then, like, him throwing someone out, which, like, again, I think is not how the rules work, but still, and like... And do we want to make light of people getting knocked out? You know, that's something our sport, well, thankfully, doesn't really have. That's fair, which uh, is, I think, why we can really just rub it in other sports' face and make fun of it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I, I suppose that's a good point. I think uh, I got it, guys. I figured out how we can punch this one up. All right, hit us, man. So the dream, the, sequ- head, the dream sequence thing is good, I think. I think if Mitch gets knocked out and then it like goes to like some like you know dream sequence kind of thing and then he meets the ghosts of right fielders past and it's like Ichiro and Jay Buhner talking to him because Jay Buhner had that one in Fenway where he flipped over the fence you know yep. so there's like yep. kind of that element of like oh I've been here before Ichiro and Jay Buhner are kind of funny I mean Ichiro is like really funny Jay Buhner mm-hmm. you know people <laughs> have their opinions on Jay Buhner but I think that could have been good if they could have gotten like some older guys in there and like actually had recognizable Mariner faces instead of brad <laughs> like yeah that could have been decent i think that's i think uh i think that's a solid idea there. yeah um yeah i think that's that's fair right you throw like mike carp in there like i mean you get other recognizable mariners out trayvon there. robinson <laughs> right, I think. get other recognizable mariners like mike carp and trayvon <laughs> think, robinson that's when like like you said like the you know mariners great mariners of of yesteryear, <laughs> of yesteryear. <laughs> So, yeah. so next year we'll see that on TVs across the Northwest. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but again, but again, like I, I mean, I will say if we're if we're gonna end on a positive note on this commercial, I think that the one line that was very well delivered was Mitch like saying "gotta go" or whatever. Yeah. And I think that like I also just am glad that like Mitch did a commercial, right? So it's like you know, yes, and, and it's a long term investment, right? We gotta get because he's, he's gonna be in he's gonna be in one next year, so. Maybe start the bar low and then kind of work from there. That's true. He did that. And he had the good smile, like showing the ball. That was good. Yes. Uh, all right. So the last one, you can, if you're going to put D Gordon in a commercial, let D Gordon do more things. Mm. Interesting because take. Interesting take. I think it, I think the idea generally of like a pit crew, that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. But 
you're doing you're doing D Gordon. You're putting him out there. You're having him run. Everyone knows he's fast. I feel like there's there's. I feel like they could have had some better ideas to work with with D. I suppose mm-hmm. because you're essentially just tying one of the most entertaining, funny, charismatic, seemingly good on his thinking at thinking on his feet and improvising guys into just saying two lines basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but i am curious you know who made up the pit crew uh you know how that worked i did like the finisher where he has the parachute come mm-hmm. out like the the sprint training thing i thought that was funny i just was i thought there could have been more there what did you guys think about that one Mm, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, I mostly agree with a lot of that. I also, um, you mentioned you curious about the pit crew. Uh, Red Sox playing in Arizona. That was pretty bizarre, but, you know, that's something. Yep. That's just a detail that I think they <laughs> they have had other teams involved in Mariners commercials before. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of actors mm. in jerseys, but I found that one especially funny. Um, I Yeah, I, I, I liked the idea. It did, it did feel like the premise of the pit crew it felt like so much of the time was used showing the pit crew gags and not d saying something else yeah whereas like the the idea they they got the idea across and it's a really good idea and then it was just like let d do more i think right but i like the premise and i think it was funny i think it looked really good but um but yeah it was like give him something else to do i think i think i agree with that general sentiment yeah, I think visually it was good. The pit crew is a good idea, but it is just sort of like a blah commercial. Like they could have done it without any dialogue if they wanted to, you know, like it wasn't anything that like hinged upon D Gordon, who, as we all know, is like very funny, very good on camera. Um, that just seemed to me like the most like kind of unimaginative, unimaginative one of the bunch. Well, and they had, like, in the outtakes, they had, like, D dancing with the pit crew, and, like, one of the pit crew dudes, I think, did, like, a backflip. Like, yeah. I don't know who these people were, but they were doing just fine. Exactly. Like, there was plenty and of entertaining stuff doing. Yeah, why did they here. cut that, too? Like, like yeah. D. Gordon dancing could just be a commercial. So, yeah, I was confused about that as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this was... I, I always look forward to these, and, and I think, you know, some notes to take home, but... Uh, definitely, I, I like the lefty, the the crafty lefty one just offers so much opportunity for rewatchability and looking oh for my actual God. things. It's, for so many, like it's just like think about how different these four pitchers are too in yep. terms of like like where they are in their careers, the kinds mm-hmm. of pitchers they are. Like this this like snapshot in time where you have like the end of Felix, the beginning of Kikuchi this bizarre friendship between Marco Gonzalez and <laughs> literally Wade LeBlanc. Like, yep. it's just, oh, it's just, it's wonderful. It's definitely one of the best ones I've, I've seen. And the, and the out, or not, well, the outtake scene where they just, like, go and, like, each, like, kiss and touch Jamie, like, the golden framed yeah. photo of Jamie Moyer. Like, yes. oh, it's fantastic. Um, it's interesting to me how crafty gets applied to just literally every single left-handed pitcher on earth. Like mm-hmm. that label this gets thrown around thing. too easily. Yeah. Okay. So so here's the th- okay. So here's who's definitely not a crafty lefty is Justice Sheffield. Now. Yes. I assume they d- we're not going to put him in a commercial anyway because y- you want to stick to the guys that are like one thousand percent going to be in the big leagues. Um, mm-hmm. But Rowena Salias, you could get him involved. I mean, he you know. Uh, yeah. Can't, can't get Little Zach in. Ross Cup maybe. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're, you're really you're really. You're really uh, counting on a lot. Like you, you really <laughs> count on your fans to be recognizing Zach Roscoe. Well, it's, it goes both <laughs> ways. It's like, oh, here's our new guy, Zach Roscoe. <laughs> that that he, new hotness, Zach Roscoe. Get it's to like, know him. It's, it's like Marco. Marco's like, oh, like Wade, like that's really cool. And he's like, oh, you say that's really cool. And then like Marco's like, hey, Zach Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he has to say his last name. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got a name tag on. Like, he's wearing his jersey backwards. Right. Like, that actually could have been a whole commercial. Like, I know they weren't going to do it, but, like, just a new guy orientation was something that a lot of people were saying on Twitter. Or, like, yeah. if they've done that each of the last three years. Like, the thing that's true. Yeah. 
But so. the jersey backwards, they could have done like a '90s hip hop video, like crisscross style, where like they're all wearing their jersey backwards, so yeah, the fans yeah. can actually know who they are. I that actually, I like that a lot. That is so good, and like, but I think that like their level of self awareness is already like Jerry is already so open about that to a point that's funny, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he doesn't need to push it any farther. They don't need to be going. I mean, I would love that commercial, but like, I'm not expecting them to take it to that level. Um. What like, I'm I'm a little surprised you didn't get like even you, know, you mentioned justice, but like I I was a little surprised they didn't do any like young guys thing just because mm-hmm. like they have so many. I, mean, I guess maybe they're waiting for next year and hoping like yeah I think they actually are there and good. <laughs> yeah, but I it's I think it would be a little too risky to be diving into the the J P Crawford Justice Sheffield you know shed long. That's fair. Like That's I it's fair. just I mean obviously I'm optimistic, but it's mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're uh, basically just biding time until Julio is the star of every one of these commercials. He's going to be so good on camera. I know. The executive producer and the performer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll be executive producing Two Chains albums and starring for the Mariners. It'll be great. On SNL. <laughs> and on SNL. And the president. What can he do? <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk about the the baseball itself um a little bit because uh, we're what about two weeks out now uh from uh i guess less than two weeks now or no it is two weeks two exactly weeks, two from, weeks exactly uh, from opening day and uh spring training i guess i'm curious how you feel about this jordan because we've talked about this a little bit and i i've almost dreaded watching spring training games the last couple of years even though i've been i think more excited about the team the the mlb team's you know skill set um just because it's been so many when you have a bunch of veterans on a team i feel like you watch spring training games holding your breath yeah and when you have a bunch of young guys it's actively exciting you're rooting you're hoping to see the sixth inning of games because you want to see you know, you, you're not waiting to watch Andrew Romine and Taylor Motter turn mm. double plays. You oh, know, man, I know. Um, it's it's so, a huge step up. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm, I mean, you're right now in Florida for Grapefruit League games right now. I, I imagine you've been to spring training somewhere uh, the last couple years. I, you've been around probably more uh, – young exciting teams does it are you feeling the same way that it seems like other teams maybe have been around now now that the Mariners have young players again oh absolutely I think like and someone made this point too like it's not just that like it's more fun for us to watch like the players by nature of them being younger and a lot of these guys maybe it's their first camp or they're Mm -hmm. fighting for a spot like they care more and, like, you know they're not just getting their work in because, like, half these dudes are, like, trying to show the team mm-hmm. and the fans and themselves, like, what they're actually capable of. Um, and so while we are still, you know, burdened with a certain number of Jay Bruce at-bats uh, <laughs> and, and Edwin and, you know, the, the likes of them, like, I still think overall, like, it's way more guys that um, are, that I'm, like, excited to see what happens with them. Where it's, like... The last few years, like you're holding your breath because you want don't you don't want guys to get hurt, and there's nothing that these that there was nothing that Robinson Cano or Nelson Cruz could do in spring training that would get me excited, because I would be like yeah just like stay healthy and then hopefully just be good in the regular season. Like it was very much a like even though the team, like was was pretty good like. It was, it was nothing there was no hope it was just like a it was just like a really it was a hope to to, to keep it together and to be exactly the best version of themselves mm-hmm. whereas like now it's just more of a long-term thing which but hopefully not too long-term i mean all these guys are clearly bigly a lot of these guys are big big ready mm-hmm. but I, I it's just it's just a much better vibe and i know that that, that can kind of be cliche but it, it i feel it watching the games and i definitely agree watching the ends of the games <laughs> when there are so yes. many prospects uh, in the games to be excited to watch um so it's it's just it's way 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 better and they're right like I said there are still some pieces here and there that's that's a little less exciting, uh, but but I I've, I've been enjoying it a lot more. Um, so we got a question, and we were going to talk about this anyway, but we got a question from David Newland at CFanTX. Um, 
just talking about with a number of prospects and new faces showing out early on in spring training. For example, Shed Long, Kyle Lewis, Jake Fraley, Yusei Kikuchi, etc. Who has been the most pleasant surprise for you through the first couple weeks here? Um, and I put that to you guys. Who who have you been most pleasantly surprised by, or or just generally even most enjoyed watching? For so me, far? it's it's got to be Shed for me. I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about him, and I was actually kind of like I don't know when the trade happened. I was like kind of bummed to see Josh Stowers go, just because like yeah. we hadn't even seen him at all. Like he was drafted literally like last summer, and then he was already gone. So I was like, oh, that's. You know, we didn't even really get a chance to, like, see what he was all about. But then, like, from day one, pretty much, when he actually started playing in the Cactus League, I was like, okay, yeah, Shed Long is, is great. Like, he's – that swing is, like, so wild, and, like, I really don't know if it's going to hold up forever. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen so far, like, I don't have any reason yet to be concerned. I know it's spring training, and, like, it doesn't really count, but this is, like – the best competition he's faced yet at least like he's starting some of these games so he's getting like he's actually up right now (laughs) as it it happens he's he's in the Mariners game that is currently happening perfect that's if you're listening in like a week from now like don't don't try to find the shed long at bat that's going on (laughs) quote-unquote right now don't understand how podcasts work one impressive and two (laughs) (laughs) let us explain I got a base hit Nice job. There we go. So he's hitting what, like nine hundred in spring training now? Roughly. Yeah. So like I don't know how you couldn't be excited about that. He also has the personality aspects that are fun with mm. like new guys. Like he's not just like the cliche media type. Uh he actually like is engaging and like the sunglasses are cool. Everything about Shedlong to this mm. point I'm a huge fan of. And like I said, I didn't know a whole lot about him, so pleasant surprise is definitely a good way to describe him from my standpoint. Yeah, well, you mentioned, like, the feeling of, like, oh, man, uh, Josh Stowers, like, we didn't get to see him. Imagine how Mets fans feel. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. um, I... No, don't, we, don't, we are online, Jordan. We do not have to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They are, they are hot and heavy in the mentions. Yeah. Um, I... You get Edwin. Don't be, don't be so sad. Oh, you get Edwin Diaz. God, I know, I know, I... We can get to the which Mariner on a new team makes us the most sad. I, I, oh, yeah. That can be a fun conversation once we get yeah. past the, the optimism here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love Shed. I've loved Shed for a few years. Um, and this is not to say that I knew about him before he was cool, but I am actually saying that exactly. <laughs> uh, he, he is, he's a fascinating prospect. I mean, we are seeing more and more players like, you know, second basemen who are five foot eight, like actually doing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously we see it with Altuve, but there's all kinds of other guys coming up where it's like, oh, actually like they can hit the ball far. It's, and they're not just small dudes. Uh, they can't they can't hit at all, and they just play a good second base, and maybe they'll hit an empty 290. Like, Shed is is there to do damage, and and I was lucky enough to to do a, a video with him uh, in the fall league, um, <laughs> where he mm-hmm. he uh, basically he went to Reds Fest and won the the home run derby, the wiffle ball home run derby. Uh, but when <laughs> he did it, he 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 had a broken hammy, so he had to do, but he wanted to still compete, so he did it one handed, and he won one handed. <laughs> So, so like Shed is, he is just an awesome, awesome dude. And, uh, he is. And, and so when, when, when he ended up in this trade and DePoto has talked about how he like literally wiggled his way into this trade in the first place. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was overjoyed. Cause like mm-hmm. I was putting all these tweets out like, Oh God, Shed, another fan, player I like going to the Yankees. Like this is a huge bummer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then suddenly he was on the Mariners and I was like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. So. Uh, but I, but I will say, based on his performance, I have also been surprised at how good he's been this quickly, um, and that's been so much fun to watch. And it's also crazy to think that I, they said it from the jump they're going to move him around, and they, you know he literally hasn't played a single game at pro game at third, and he has already I think he's playing there tonight, and mm-hmm. he's been there, been all over the place. I, I know it sounds like his his time in the outfield has not really been particularly successful thus far, but uh, there's still time. There's really no reason to rush him, but it has been very, very fun watching him so far. And for me, in terms of guys that have actually surprised me, I mean, I don't know. Sheffield's looked even better than I thought. Um, Yeah. He's really been, and he's a dude that pitches with a certain level of, of confidence that, like, 
you know it's it's there but he's he's also been really in control to a point that's been pretty spectacular and uh and Domingo Santana I mean wow <laughs> that could be one of that that could be up there with the with the Hanniger trade in in short order if cuz it's like the same thing like I mean except he had already had a huge season at the big league level so he had another home run tonight and uh I I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't really know if it's... I'm not going to get too excited about spring stats, but I, he certainly has a higher ceiling than Ben Gamble. You can't really dispute oh, yeah. that. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited about Domingo as well. Yeah, it's cool to have a guy who can hit, like, accidental home runs. Like, some of these balls he's, like, kind of missing, and they still go, like, 400 feet. And, like, Ben Gamble has to try his absolute hardest to hit the ball 400 feet. And I loved Ben Gamble. He was, he was great. Oh, but, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a no-brainer of a trade, it seems like, from the Mariners' perspective. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I, the, the, I, that, that move just was, like, when it came through, I was like, wait. Oh, it's Ben Gamble and a pitcher. Oh man, I like. I wonder which pitcher. I mean, we really can't give up now. Noah Zavolas. <laughs> Noah Zavolas. Oh, I mean, this is the Ivy League pitcher of the year. I don't want you. It to be is. Short. It is the Ivy uh, League pitcher of the year. You know, we don't want to be shorting Noah there. But but I no, I agree. And like again, I love Gamble also. But also like, not that this is a Brewers podcast. What the hell do they need him for? Yeah. I, I don't. Like whatever. they need pitching very badly, <laughs> and they need like I don't know. Like they have eight third baseman second baseman and like half a shortstop in Arcia like they have Ryan Braun's sort of slowly collapsing body and like the best center field right field or like maybe the best center field right field pair in the league but like yeah it, that was so bizarre I, I mean i guess like you can put gamble in triple a but it's like I, no, I mean he'll, i to... assume he'll be a big leaguer like the, the weirder thing is that they should have just traded santana last year for presumably yeah. a lot more instead yeah of, and i think we all saw that once they made those moves that someone was going to get stuck there and they yeah and they traded broxton too so right um they i i don't know but whatever well, like That's... broxton at least you could have and say like okay he's definitely like a defensive center fielder can play all three positions like We've seen Ben Gamble play defense, and like yeah. I, w- I was physically there when I watched Ben Gamble <laughs> try and play center field in Coors, <laughs> and man, I don't like, I don't wish that upon the Brewers. Yeah. Like Ben Gamble does a lot of things well. Being a f- traditional fourth outfielder is not really one of them. Yeah. Also, Eric Thames. So yeah. <laughs> uh, also, poor, sorry, not Brudana Brewers podcast. Poor Keon Broxton ships shipped to the Mets and now doesn't have a spot either because right. Brody's doing Brody things. All right. Yeah, anyway, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we yeah. we are. I mean, we are as a team as a podcast for a team that probably won't be the best to watch this year. We are actively always looking for NL teams to mm. to get more involved in. So, absolutely, absolutely fine to be a Brewers podcast if if the. <laughs> possibility arises right well especially now that the national league is just all ex-mariners like i feel like every single team in the national league has at least one guy who's played for the mariners in the depoto era that oh. might actually be like factually true i don't that i was kind of just is... saying that as hyperbole but it might be true yeah. okay so the first let's, let's team i it. thought of that that was not true yeah okay the nats don't have any but I, they did have adam lind briefly which was amazing that's true but I think the Nats are one team that does not fit that. Otherwise, you are definitely correct. And the Marlins? Do the Marlins have a guy on the big league team? Do the Marlins? Uh, Neil Walker feels like probably would have ended up in the Seattle at some point, but no. <laughs> um, any of these weird They've got Nider, and they've got a couple of the other guys. Oh, like Pablo Lopez. Coming up. Pablo Lopez. Oh, yeah, Pablo Lopez. There you go. All right. I guess he was never a big leaguer though with the Mariners. No. So, but yeah, they're they're, uh, they're out also there. Also, the Giant or not the Giants, the Nationals do have Luis Sardinius as a minor league uh, oh as a non-roster invitee. So, well, legend. I don't know. The, I can't imagine he's making the roster, but that's a that's a possibility. That's a classic also, like Coachella jersey in seven years. If you pull up with the Luis Sardinius <laughs> Mariners jersey, like that's Coachella <laughs> Hall of Fame right there. Vidal Nuno also. Oh, oh that I is. just I saw him pitch in person yesterday and totally forgot about that. So. I think that also happened to uh, Scott Service, so <laughs> that's okay. 
Oh yeah, but they, you're right. They are scattered all across the National League, so it kind of it, it's almost like it's, these teams are all landmines because it's like, oh, I'll root for them, and then it's like, oh God, it's Vidal Nuno. I can't, I can't watch this. <laughs> um, and you know, obviously the Dodgers now doubling down with Chris Taylor and Brad Miller, which is really terrifying. Yeah, that's quite wild. Um, I do kind of want to get into that conversation that Jordan hinted at about like which former Mariner is going to make you the most sad yes, on their new yeah. team. We, let's let's can, get into that. Let, let's let's get because I I have struggled with this because obviously uh, if you if you follow at Cespedes BBQ on Twitter you know that Mike Sonino is is my homeboy and um, mm-hmm. he is definitely I don't know because like I do like the Rays because the Rays are the Mariners. So, yep. uh, and not only are the Rays the Mariners because they have all their players, they're also now wearing the same spring training uniforms. Yes, so, that is so weird to me. They're the exact same team now, jersey wise. Yeah, so that also makes it a little a little more complicated. So Zunino's like the obvious answer, but if I if I move him out of the category, if if, if I if I put, set him aside, I think my answer is Diaz so far. Maybe that's an obvious pick, but what do you guys say? Well, Edwin Edwin's tough because I think every time Edwin – I guess I would be – I'm trying to think about it like would they make me happier or would they make me sadder if they did well. Mm. And I think I would be far sadder if Edwin did poorly than if Edwin did well mm-hmm. because like, like it would be – it was such a transcendent experience to watch Edwin pitch last year and like just feel like I was like I remember distinctly realizing I was hoping that like the Mike Trout Shohei Otani part of the order would be up in the ninth inning so that I could watch Edwin pitch against them mm-hmm. and like that's such a dumb thing to think in the ninth inning <laughs> but like <laughs> it was that good right. and so seeing him at anything less than that would be a bummer but i think it's also probably going to be the case that it'll be a yeah. little bit worse but right that's the thing um, that's the other thing about edmund too is like I, I i totally agree with that sentiment except like there's also something and maybe this is like cruel of me because this <laughs> is not about edwin in particular but more about like him doing it for someone else but it's like there is something and if, if you they're free to disagree with this. For me, there's something weirdly comforting about knowing that that probably was the best he's ever going to be. Maybe not, but like maybe no, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll do it again, and, and it'll be amazing, and I'll be happy for him. But like it does, I agree that like that this whole past season was just like this is just the pinnacle of this this thing. And if he's like and maybe he'll be ninety percent of that, but it won't be a hundred percent of it. And like to know that like we got to see that is pretty cool. Yeah. The thing that I'm worried about is that, like, Matthew, what do you what do you think, here, Matthew? Yeah, um, just from like a from a media standpoint, I'm kind of worried. Like, if Edwin Diaz blows two saves in a row and then has to deal with the New York media, mm-hmm. like that's gonna that I feel like could go poorly. Not to say that Edwin's like not ready for it or anything, but it's just such a huge transition from Seattle to New York, where there's gonna be like mm-hmm. three times the amount of eyes on him. And in a similar vein, I guess James Paxton too, like. He already kind of has those like naturally sad eyes, and if like he's just getting bombarded by reporters <laughs> telling him how bad he's been, like that's just gonna make like that's gonna break my heart. So those are the two answers for me: Diaz and Paxton. Like I want them to do well because I like truly love those guys, but yeah. at the same time, it's like I don't know if the returns we got for them are like very exciting. So like one percent of me will kind of have that like oh I told you so kind of thing where it's like yeah. that was a good move, and I feel vindicated for getting rid of them not that i made the trade obviously yeah no i definitely agree with that and paxton especially and like it's hard to like right for the yankees it's like anyone any fun player going to the yankees is is like a tough thing to adjust to no matter whose team you're rooting for um but like yeah paxton i that was my first thought when when that happened was like oh god like i hope this isn't sunny gray like, I really hope this isn't Sonny Gray. And I don't think – I think he's going to be better, and I think he's going to be good. Um, but amen on the sad You don't eyes. think they're going to make him throw sh- more shitty sliders? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I don't think – I don't think – I mean, I guess Paxton sort of throws a slide. He, he's, it's, like, it's more a cutter. Yeah, it's, it's just more a, a good cutter. one. But, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pack. I think Pax is probably the answer for me. Like, thinking about it, just it's so hard because like the rest of them, really the rest of them all like went to teams that I have at minimum ambivalence towards. Like, I don't have particularly like I don't have any real negative feelings towards the Rays. So like I'm stoked to see Zunino. Oh yeah, like, totally. I'm stoked to see just like I, I don't know like I don't have passionate feelings about Alex Colomay <laughs> so like <laughs> he can do whatever yeah. he wants for the White Sox yeah. but like it's you know like seeing Gene even though Gene had pretty weird circumstances ultimately that he left with like uh, I yeah. would like him to be happy uh, and I would like the Phillies to be good because that team looks awesome and it would be really cool to watch that offense click um and sort of same thing with the Mets and like my dad grew up well became a Mets fan once the Giants left and like that would be cool and like it I just it will never work for me to be a Yankees fan Matthew I know you'd feel differently about the Yankees though um so I'm curious I'm curious how it would feel to to watch Pax there and watch that whole crew yeah like, it's an- succeed it's an interesting feeling because I do really want to see James Paxton pitch in the playoffs. And if we're really being honest, I want to see Felix pitch in the playoffs too, just at some point. So like, I'm kind of rooting for that. And something that I've mentioned uh, in writing, like on the site and just kind of in conversations with John is that like, I don't have the same like visceral hatred of the Yankees that a lot of fans have. Um, part of it, I guess is just like, being, you know, this is going to sound like a weird, like, flex, but, like, being young enough to not really remember when the Yankees were, like, absolutely dominant, like, that team in my lifetime, and I guess kind of our lifetime, we're all about the same age, like, that's the Red Sox. The Red Sox have been truly, like, a Very force true. for our entire Very life. True. So, like, I, and just, like, from a personal standpoint, like, culturally, I'm more drawn to the Yankees than I am to the Red Sox. So I don't, like, I would have been way more upset if James Paxton went to Boston this offseason. Mm-hmm. That would have mm-hmm. been, like... I was worried for that for Zanino, because I felt like that made so much sense. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sandy Leone and Swihart. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they had the classic two quarterbacks, no quarterbacks, except they had no quarterbacks, no quarterbacks. <laughs> so I was worried about that. But, no, I, I, I actually, I do kind of agree with you about that. So I also am less super down on the Yankees in general. Because I guess I'd much rather Yankee fans like James Paxton and be nice to him than be mean to him and like have, like a mm-hmm. like you said, like a Sonny Gray or Carl Pavano kind of situation where they all just turn on him immediately. Right. Are there yeah. Carl Pavano stands? Like, wh- do we think there were <laughs> at one point? Carl Maybe in Pavano Miami. Stands. Was he on the World Series team? Like, did he help them win the World Series? Because that's, I mean, that's something, you know. I think so. I'll be honest. I like thought Carl Pavano just sucked for the longest time because I only knew him as the guy who gave up Maguire's record-breaking homer. I think what? it was. No way. I want to. I want to say that's what it was. He he could have. He was a rookie in '98, and he was on the 2003 Marlins that won the World Series. So good call there. Um, but yeah, I mean, right? We don't want we don't want that to happen to to. James it's it would be a shame and I also say for Segura like I love Segura so much I think for him it's going to be harder for anyone to really have any strong because he's going to be so far down the pecking order in Philadelphia in terms of who people are paying attention to that like while he is an awesome player and maybe will be batting leadoff for them like it's obviously going to be all about Bryce and Reese and McCutcheon and all these Real Muto so like People aren't even going to be paying attention to him almost regardless of what he's doing. Um, so, whereas, like, Diaz is going to be such a big part of, <laughs> of that team. Um, and, and that's, that's like, that's, it, it, right. It's, it's the guys that are going to be talked about the most and t- being talked about in the context of other teams. It's going to be fascinating. Um, I agree. I apologize. I will admit I've been a bit distracted in learning that Carl Pavano's nickname was American Idol <laughs> because he was on the disabled list so often in New York that the New York media started calling him American Idol, I-D-L-E, uh, oh, which wow. is about the meanest thing that I've ever seen. It's also, like, objectively <laughs> bad. Like, it doesn't make sense verbally, you know? You have to see it in writing for that to make any sense at all. 
Oh, goodness. what a crazy career for Carl Palano! Yeah. Because he okay he wins the World Series, he's getting Cy Young votes. Then he gets TJ. Then he's mm-hmm. just horrible when he comes back, and somehow just goes to Minnesota and throws up seven complete games. Wow, I don't remember that at all. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, also, it was the 70th homer of the season. There you go. Good call, of good Pavano. call. Huh. Wow, yeah, I definitely did not think he was that old, but I guess Carl Pavano knows no bounds. <laughs> Man. Uh, oh, is this the same? Sorry, now I'm falling down the Carl Pavano rabbit hole. Please do. <laughs> good, oh, yeah, good, same high school as, as Reds pitcher Sal Romano. As I mean, everyone knows that. I don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> of sorry, course, right. and pretty much the same naming uh, sort know. of. Yeah, a hotbed for Italian baseball players, clearly. Yeah, so, but, but, uh, but yeah, Carl Pavano, uh, was never a Mariner, I don't think, which is improbable. Can't rule it out, though. He could come uh, back. Yeah, still time. He could, he could, he could executive produce, uh, (laughs) for the Mariners. By the way, guys, while we've been recording, the executive producer of the Two Chains album passed Michael Jordan on the all time scoring list. Wow. Yeah. So wow. think about it. To be that accomplished in both the music and, you know, basketball sphere is really... Really a dual threat. <laughs> yeah, it's basically him and Shaq now at this point in terms of the rap NBA Which crossover. Which I hadn't... I had only known about him in his music career. I didn't know he was scoring all these points <laughs> in basketball. Yeah. You, but, came to, you came to LeBron fandom via two chains. Oh, that <laughs> would be so funny. <laughs> I need to meet that one. That that person does exist. <laughs> like, a two, was oh, a who's this avid person? two chains? Avid man. two chains. No, doesn't like hate sports. <laughs> hate sports. Avid two chains. It's like okay, new two chains. Oh, who's this producer? Like I don't recognize this. Up and comer. This must executive be a, must producer. Be oh, I really love this album. I'm gonna check out more of his work. Oh, what's this? He has more points than Michael Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> who I also don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's good. That's fair. That's might be where that breaks down. That's fair. Oh man. Um. So, I, before we let you go here, uh, Jordan, because you do have an early morning. Um. We we here at LL, uh, I believe, share an enthusiasm with you for uh, one. Mariners prospect in particular, uh, perhaps above all of the rest, named Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I know you guys are based out of New York City. When uh, how I guess how desperately are you watching those like Frontier Spirit Airlines deals to get down to Charleston? West Virginia. <laughs> oh uh, man! What like? How excited are you to see Julio this year? Uh, and like, uh, yeah. I can tell you that we have already Google mapped the drive, which, and oh, I understand perfect. it is very far. I didn't even think that there would be some crazy cheap flights, but I realized that that actually might be the move. Um, I am extremely excited, and I think we are obviously expecting Kalanick to be on that team too. Yep. Um, and the ghost of Josh Stowers, but that's okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rip in peace. I, d- I le- legitimately actually don't, like, I spend a lot of time looking at the Mariners' just sort of whole situation, and I do not know who the third outfielder for that group is going to be, because it was going to be Stowers, and that was going to be insane, and I don't know what that's going to be, but they are going to be real overshadowed. Yeah, no, I which is fine. Like again, I can't remember the last time I was this excited about a specific Mariners minor league team. Like, mm-hmm. like I really can't. Like even as some of these top topics, I guess Modesto, you know, had a little bit of flavor last year, but um, yeah. Well, uh, they because they had the they had the like uh, Tyler O'Neill and like uh, I guess that was Jackson. Yeah, but, that, but oh, yeah. the Jackson team was the Jackson team was pretty fun. Um, but, but but that still pales compared to this. Oh, like yeah, 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 um, yeah. So it's so. I, but it, luckily for me, being in New York, and I mean, we're, if we have to go to Charleston, we'll go to Charleston. Um, they do come over closer. Oh yeah, uh, I, I think they they hit, like I think they're in Lakewood at the end of yep. May. Yep. Um, now, yeah. So so I I trust me, trust me. 
I am going to make it happen somehow, some way, somewhere. Uh, some weird, strange Sally League ballpark. I will see it, and it will be glorious. But, yeah, I mean, y- you guys have obviously been helping lead the, the Julio hype train, as, as, as I, I appreciate you guys have done that. And I... Um, it's it's great. There's 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 a where do you even begin? Where do you end? Like he he seems like such an awesome kid, such an awesome player, um, and it's uh, it's gonna be really fun to watch. And like, it's crazy because like, I think what's obviously made him so unique is that like normally these players, and this is you know there there a lot of the the younger you know Latin players that have come over now like they are on social media, so it's not like we haven't seen them. But, mm-hmm. like, the extent to which Julio is, like, out there and engaging with fans and engaging with people um, at such a young age is crazy. Because, like, so so often, like, these young prospects are pretty mysterious. <laughs> and, right. like, you, you, you're only, only going to hear so much from them and unless they get put on a big stage. But he's so out there that, like, it, mm-hmm. it really does feel like we know him so well already. Yeah. Um, and that's just been such, such a treat. Um, and it's also going to make it all the more personal if he struggles, you know? Um, yeah. But he's literally 18, so we should all relax and just enjoy <laughs> it for what it is. Yeah, it's fun to have these, like, Generation Z prospects who are, like, so online and, like, brand conscious. Like, Kalanick has his own YouTube channel. I don't know if you've dug oh, into yes. that. I've Jordan. watched all of those, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. I so, like, can't totally figure out who's doing it. <laughs> It's a good question. I have a I, lot of questions. It has to be questions. like his agent, right? Yeah. Like, or something through that. Yeah. Because it's too high quality. And, I mean, I guess he has the money, but, like, yeah, he has a G like wagon. Like... Yeah, no, <laughs> I I can't figure out who's running the show in that regard, but I, I appreciate that someone is doing it, and he's clearly game. So, uh, yeah, Kellenic is a, whatever, it's a whole other conversation, but... But yeah, it's I like 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 what you said. Like it's it's been really it's it is cool to have these these kids that are that are extremely online, and that's obviously gonna come back to bite them in a lot of ways too. But when it's used well, it is yeah. it is very enjoyable. Well, what I was gonna be what I was gonna ask was hey, you guys have done for for many years, even before you guys started working for MLB, was you've done a lot of stuff with minor leaguers and you've seen guys like Soto and Reese Hoskins and Giolito come up like how I mean Matthew mentioned this a little bit with the Gen Z guy but like how does this compare to some of the other guys that you've talked with or that you've interacted with or even you know that you guys had on the podcast in terms of like young guys who seem to like have a astonishingly good sense of the like wide scope of like being a personality in addition to being a baseball player like has there been anyone that has sort of jumped out to you personality wise like that yeah um that's a good question i mean yeah like you said like we've we've been pretty fortunate to to get to meet a lot of minor leaguers and 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 you know before they i mean reese is such a great (laughs) example of that but like he is a crazy example because like he was such an awesome dude when we met him, but, like, he was pretty reserved, and now he's this famous guy who's best friends with the most famous baseball player in the world. So it's, like, <laughs> I, and it's, it's yep. extremely bizarre to watch. Um, but he's also, he's grown into it since he's kind of arrived in Philly and had some success. But, right. but there Which are a lot of guys. Like I mean, the way that you would see it, you would think it would normally happen. But you don't yeah. always see minor leaguers who, like, are really with it in the way no, that Julio I, at least seems to be. I, I think that's totally true, but I think you'll you see like a lot of these these younger guys that just like they're like why well, yeah why I can control the my my narrative here and and I mean mm-hmm. he's at the big league level and he has been now and he's a pretty big deal but like Bregman has taken it to a new level too yeah um, he is he is and and I I I think that's awesome and I think mm-hmm. it goes a long way um, but yeah it's it's cool I mean other minor leaguers that I think you will start to see being very notable in that regard. Um, Taylor Trammell is wonderful. Ooh, some uh, Reds, Reds content. Red, yeah, Reds out to the prospect. We have some – we did a video with him in the Fall League that it, I. it's not out yet, but I just – it's like the best thing we've ever done. So, <laughs> Shout out to a <laughs> new Reds fan, Isabel Manassian. There you go. There you go. committed fully to them as her NLT. Oh, I, I – well, my girlfriend's a big Reds fan, so I'm, I'm, in, on, I'm in on the Reds there too. So – like it's there. There's someone. Obviously, I was I was in on shed and and Tramel's awesome. They've got a lot of fun guys. But he's he is he's he's 
a kind of different category of like he is stupendously normal and cool and not in the wake like I'm like <laughs> not in the sense he's unlike the like Bregman where it's like I want to be cool famous baseball player Tremel's like I'm really good at baseball but like I can just hang out and talk if you want <laughs> and I love that he's he's awesome yeah. and then and then the real this is a diff, another different category but I am just telling you guys now that Brent Honeywell will be a very big deal in 2019. Oh. I am going to I hope so. That I, like, it was such a bummer when he got hurt last yeah, year. Yeah, and I I I've uh, I've been fortunate enough to become very friendly with him over the last couple of years and uh, let me just say I'm very very happy that he will be uh, throwing his first career pitch likely to Mike Zunino. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that kind of that's kind of badass. So I'm I'm obviously pretty excited that's about pretty that. That's pretty. Um, but yeah, oh and, and if I had to name one other guy uh, Jazz, Jazz Chisholm, the D-backs oh, shortstop. Um, the, yeah, d yeah. From the Bahamas. I mean, the Bahamas, the Bahamas baseball scene is blowing up, and it is extremely cool. So, and he is going to be at the forefront of that. He is going to be, and the D-backs are in a, a very weird place as an organization, but, like, Jazz is coming, and he is going to be a very big deal. So, those are, those are the guys I'll name. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see all these guys succeed, and uh, I... I think when we talk about just a general larger point is like when we talk about the future of baseball, the next faces of baseball, like I'm very confident in this next group to be interesting and fun and open and outgoing and like willing to share things. And like when that becomes the norm, like Mm -hmm. when Francisco Lindor is the norm, like I think we're going to be in very good hands. Yeah. The revolution will be Instagrammed if Julio is any indication. (laughs) Amen, my friend. Uh, Well, Thank you very much, Jordan, for uh, for coming on. Um, is there anything specific you, you? I know you guys are shooting some videos mm-hmm. right now. Is there anything we should keep an eye out uh, for um, on your guys's end, uh, be it Mariner specific or, or MLB in general? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. I wish I had uh, some some Mariner specific content on yeah, the way, right. but uh, hopefully soon. But but yeah, so we're down in Florida for 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 just just a short little trip. Uh, doing some stuff with the with the Nats and the Marlins and the Astros, um, but yeah, you can find all of our work on on Cut Four uh, on MLB.com. That's where all of our all of our writing goes. Uh, I wrote a thing about Bryce Harper recently uh, that went up today. That was that was fun about all the crazy stuff he did before he was even in the big leagues. Um, mm-hmm. I so I'm I'm mostly writing on Cut Four now. But once the season gets going, we'll be getting out to to the Mets and Yankees and, and talking to a lot of players. So so yeah, Cut Four is where you can find us at Cespedes BBQ. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, if you like D three baseball, we also have a podcast about Division three baseball. So hell yeah! Uh, how are the how are the Lewis and Clark Pioneers shaping? Uh, they suck. Sorry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> uh, no, but 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 I'm not kidding. Uh, if you do want to hear me in regular podcast form, uh, you can only hear me about D three baseball or when I come on this lovely show. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, but but this was this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for thanks for having me on and. Uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with these with these Mariners. Yeah, bud. All right. Uh, until next time, uh, go Mariners. Ah, oh, Kyle Lewis just struck out on a three-two pitch to end the game. Basically, had a chance to tie it. All right. You hate to hear uh, that. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, in Kate's absence. Bye.